you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. All right, y'all, well, welcome. Thank y'all for joining for the first episode of season four of Birds, Bees, and Teas. Yes, season four. All right, so I am here with my wonderful, amazing, super intelligent colleagues and classmates, cohorts, members from uh, the illustrious Morgan State University. We are all working toward earning our doctorate of public health, and um, it's a journey. It's a journey, but we have each other. Um, And so, as Ever said earlier, we're classmates and we're also new friends. And what better way to get to know each other than to ask each other the most intimate personal sexual questions? (laughs) So that is what we're going to do today on this episode of Birds, Bees, and Teas. We're going to play Spill the Teas. Is everybody ready? Well, um, as I said, so let's go over the the rules of the game. So Spill the Teas is a game about um, sexuality and intimacy and really just um, the opportunities to have authentic conversations because it's like after a certain age, we just like stop talking about sex in an educational way. Um, and so it's it's a way for us to like continue education and also like learn more about each other and just like have conversations and say things that we don't say out loud usually because they are about sex and all the taboo and stigma in our society about sex, we don't talk about it. Um, so that is what the purpose of this game is. And so we have a teapot here full of, what is this? Is this a teapot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, a kettle is the thing that goes on the stove. Mm-hmm. This is the pot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have a teapot here full of questions that we're going to go through and pick our question um, randomly. No one knows what the questions are that they're going to get. And um, the question will ask you something about sex or sexuality, relationships, love, all that good stuff. Um, And you can choose to answer the question or because we practice consent on this podcast, you can pass on the question and pick another one, um, pass the question to someone else, all the things. And as you answer the questions, the questions are kind of like open for discussion with everyone. So, um, yes. Um, what else do I want to say about the game? It's pretty I mean, straightforward. I, I feel excited for it. Just let y'all know. I, mean, <laughs> I just don't want to say anything to get me kicked out. Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, we. I don't know what will be a cancelable offense in 10 years from now, but um, <laughs> for today, we just want to try to no. <laughs> All right, so I'll go first to demonstrate. Hey, all right. It's sticky notes, so they stuck together, (laughs) y'all. Okay, so I have one that says ask the sexpert. So this if you get this, you can ask me any question that you have about sex. And if I know the answer, I'll tell you. Or we can Google it together. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I have a question. I have a question. Okay. Which school? So, 
And what percentage do you think, in terms of when people have intercourse, do people actually use like you know drugs and shit like that, or something like an enhancer or something like that for their sexual encounters? If you know, I was I was I was just thinking about it. I don't know. Like off the top of my head, I don't know. That's a really interesting question, and I would say probably like either as often or more often than not, and especially when we consider like what enhancements are or stimulate stimulators are. So that could be like alcohol for some people. It could be weed for other people. It could be like Viagra. It could be Molly. It could the be the honey pack. <laughs> it could be um, coffee for some people. Like, you, I don't know. We'll get people going. So... <laughs> <laughs> He said, let me take notes. Hold <laughs> up. What is honey? Oh, what's the honey pack? Oh, the honey shit is what oh, like like, honey, royal Yeah, royal honey. honey. So they sell them shits. I feel like, like every gas station now. Like I see them since <laughs> they have this thick little glass. They do sell no, they do they sell them gas stations. They do, they sell all the stuff do in the gas honey. Station. Are we... Oh, so honey is supposed to be like a you natural organic male enhancer from what it says on the thing. It's supposed, it's supposed to, to eat the sex it. drive. Yeah, you eat it. And it's supposed to... Or the, yeah, the person who wants the enhancement, they eat it, and then... <laughs> it's um, supposed to be the... The Viagra. Strong and long. <laughs> improve duration and girth. Okay. <laughs> Only you can see the arm motion. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just said about that. So we could have did a YouTube uh, version of it too, but yeah. Vision will get canceled in 2035, so that's probably for us. <laughs> okay, so we got, okay, so let me write that down. We're going to find that out and answer your question on the podcast. How many people use enhancements for sex? Because like, you got to think about it. Every song that we listen to now, like there's always either, especially R&B songs now, like, they used to not be like that back in the day, but nowadays it's like, you know, we gonna take a molly together, like, you know, something like that. I'm gonna say, like, we gonna take a molly together. Come on, song. All right, Amber. Yeah, oh, we yeah, we're going we're to pass it around. We're going to pass the pot around. Oh, God. That's the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it come from? Y'all going to hear a whole lot in that. Name three songs that are on your list. <laughs> Repeat the question because I don't think they should be laughing. Yes. Um, okay. I mean, it's been a long time. Can I pull up my playlist? (laughs) Okay. I can't stop loving you. Okay. It's hard to make love. Oh, not gonna be Okay. And I'm gonna say Fina and Jealousy. Oh, girl. Yes. Okay. 
That's three good ones. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. You know, can I pass it to somebody? Or, um, it's Marquis' turn. Okay. Do you want to hear Oh, uh, well, I'm one of those people who does not like music while having sex. Okay. Would you? Would you? No, I. Just nothing. Nothing. His voice is the soundtrack. I like that too. I like breathing and just like talking. Yeah. Great. Create our own soundtrack. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are really sticky notes. Okay. Um. So what it what is your favorite form of sexual self-care? What is sexual self-care? Like what do we Okay, that's a really good question. Sexual yeah. self-care includes um taking care of your own sexual needs. Um, so through the form of masturbation or any type of like self-play. Um, that can also include like doing things for yourself that you feel are sexy. So like whether that's like something that you wear or something that you do. Um, sexual self-care also includes, it, it could include um, like talking to a sex counselor or a sex therapist. Um, it can include like going to a sex toy store by yourself to like explore what types of things you like for yourself, all of those things. Uh, well, I, I'll say my favorite is I guess self pleasure. Okay. You know, you, there's no risk of like contracting anything, and you you know your body better than mm-hmm. most people, and you don't have to teach people what you like and what you don't like because you already know it. So I, I would say that's probably the best. Yes. To make some sense, self sex is the best sex. Self sex. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. This is the first trivia of the new season. My question for you. What is the name of the group that sings the song, Let's Talk About Sex, Baby, Let's Talk About You and Me? Okay, it's not your turn. Right now, the pitch perfect version is the only one that's coming to me, so I can't hear. You asked for it at the table. Um. Salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Okay. I knew that off the bat, but then I was like, why can I only hear the pitch perfect version right now? Yes, to the clue. And also the additional answer. We will take that answer on the podcast because Pretty Ricky did cover that and they did a phenomenal job. <laughs> All right, Brian. Let's get it. Get a good one, darling. Oh, God. With enthusiastic consent, which celebrity would you act out a sex fantasy with? 
You know, I was actually just thinking about that earlier today. Well, since you were on the topic already. You know, I was thinking about Kiki Palmer. So, it's funny. Yeah, because, like, you know, we're the same age. She's a gap. She's black. Hold on, Paul. Because I don't know if everybody heard that. What was the first justification? Oh, we're the same age. And then what was the second one? She has a gap. I got a gap. Okay. She looked good. She was like, you know, this. I caught that the first time. Because, like, it's a certain personality, I think, that goes with that. Yeah, like, you know, you know, when people are just like, oh, such a nice smile. Like, naturally, like, for what society kind of puts on it, trigger word, right? But, um, you know, most people don't really think of a gap or anything like that. So y'all supposed to scissor gaps? Whoa. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm pretty sure she's probably heard that same shit, Whatever, too. Like, so, you know, this is kind of like understanding how you feel like you have with it. Okay. Well, you know, Kiki Palmer is pregnant. So, would you? She is. She She announced it on SNL last night. That doesn't put you out of the running. Just for now. It doesn't. Look, it's 2020. Sex, right? That's the thing. I don't know. I. I, I would say maybe okay. I would say maybe we should ask someone who's been pregnant before, um, like if you're comfortable thing. answering that. But yeah, and I I've heard that like people like to have sex with pregnant people. So yeah. Wow. What's your question? How did your parents, adults, first explain sex to you? Mm. Mm. I don't mind. It's not for Literally, they put. It wasn't my parents, but just some random adults. Um, it was. It's a song. If you just say yes, I'll do the rest. And they told me that's what sex is. Like the woman's supposed to just say yes, and the guy's supposed to do all the rest. And that's the most of a conversation I had about sex from parents or adults. Oh wow! I need to do that song. Right, it's a really old song. It's like. Is it like a like a like a song that was like on the radio, or is it like meant to? No, it's like older people love songs. It was like uh, a, one of the groups, like the mm -hmm. like an I'm kind of yeah. And it was like if you just oh wow so that's they played the song and they was like this is what that is and it was mostly through music so it was that they were saying that's how it's supposed to be and then um like later in life after i had already been with my kid's dad they it was a whole nother thing and they explained it through a prince song like here listen to this song this is how it's supposed to be <laughs> oh wow well so i think there's a question in there and i don't know if someone will get it or not but like considering your limited learning then how have you or how would you like to continue to learn about sex as an adult how have i yeah a lot of what i learned I learned off uh, Beyonce's internet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. They used to have to go get DVDs and they had really cool names like White on Rice. But 
Yeah, I don't. I, don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and now it's like free on the internet. But in yeah. the future, I think I would like to learn a lot more through experience. Just finding someone really special that you can be really open with and comfortable and vulnerable and just trying all the things to yes. see what's, what's good and what's not. I love that. Thank you so much. Monique, you're up. Describe your perfect date. Oh, come on. Oh, that's a good one. I really... I don't it's know. Funny. It's not something I've ever really given thought to because I think I've just been on a number of bad ones. Right. What would make some of the bad ones better? Um sometimes I feel as if and and this this may be an issue, you know, just in terms of where I grew up and the environment I grew up in, it was like Oh, you're the black girl. You're my challenge. I gotta break you. Oh. That's how I always. I I at first I would be like, no, it's all in your head, and you're feeling, you're you're feeling that way, and it's not true. But the feeling was always whether it was you know someone I went out with or someone that you know talked to me in the street or whatever. It was always like, oh, you're the girl that don't want to talk to anybody. So I'm gonna try to see if I can get you. I'm gonna wear you down because you're you're exotic and you're an anomaly, and I got and I gotta work on that. And I and I never appreciated that because I I, I think I got that feeling because I always was approached by older white men, and it was always really awkward to me, particularly when I was in my teens. And I'm like, I know I look older, but that's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I think for me, probably my perspective is so skewed just because of my my life experience and trying to relearn now because sometimes you the things that you learn as a kid, when you finally realize how wrong they are as an adult, yeah. and you're like, oh, that wasn't normal. So, you know, I think that's something like I really need to think on. I like some people would describe uh, some women, I don't know who, but would describe a perfect date as, you know holding doors, pay for everything. That's not me. I'm more of like a, let's have a good conversation. Let's split the bill. Let's, you know, do something fun. We're not just sitting around, you know, watching movies and what, let's, let's go do something like on a hike or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, something active. Yeah. Engaging. Yeah. Outside. I How's think that? the best dates are like that? the ones that have intention behind them. Like, uh -huh. you, know, like you put thought behind this mm -hmm. and I actually want to get to know you and things like that. I think those are, because I don't have an idea of like what the perfect date is. As long as you put in thought and intention behind mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. then I think it's a good date. Mm -hmm. What's the best date y'all ever been on? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I got to think. I got to think of this one. So I went to uh, it was like a play at the Kennedy Center. Uh -huh. And yes. then we went to like it was like a a little cafe, got a little bit of food, and then walked all around that area by uh -huh. the water. Uh -huh. And then we got on some scooters. Oh and was like scooting around. <laughs> and like it was just a lot of talking and you know, engagement and the weather was perfect. And the, mm. it was my first time going to something like a play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just like the the closeness of it 
you know, that it was a space to get to know the other person. And then it was a series, you know, of events in a row. And most of it was unscripted. Like the play was scripted. That's what we planned to do. But the whole rest of the day was just like, oh, we're enjoying each other. Let's stay. Yeah. I love that. Like when you can just go with the vibe, like everything. I think the best day I went on, it was like a dinner, dinner show theater type thing. Okay. Where it was like, there were like women and like doing acrobatics from the ceiling and women walking around doing like ballet with like lampshades on their head. It was very overwhelming as far as like stimulation as to what was going on around you and then the music, but like the food was really good. The drinks were good. It was just like so well thought out about like you know I think you would like this and if not let's explore it together because mm-hmm. it started off well and then it just got crazy in there mm-hmm. and it was like okay wow but I'm glad we were together to like navigate that space so mm-hmm. it was like a really good date All right, you know. as an adult how would you like to continue to learn about sex mm-hmm. as an adult I would like to learn more about sex through reading Okay. I hear a lot about sex through music, mm. through conversation. But says Molly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that is true. Perkins says to Molly. But yeah, uh just reading more. Um uh, just finding out more about um black males um, when it comes to sex, um, you know, statistics and that kind of thing. So, yeah. so not like erotic literature. That too. Um, you know. Any type of uh, information um, that I haven't came across before um, as it pertains to sex, I'm open to listening or to reading about it. Okay. May I ask a question? Yes. Just for, you know, the perspective of of men, because oftentimes men are viewed, in, in terms of sexuality, men are viewed as so simplistic. And like, it's just like one and done and they're, they're finished. And in, I just wonder like, what is it exactly that you want? We have these perceptions of what you want as men, but what is it that turns you on? What makes you happy in the bedroom? You know, other than that simplistic perspective. And if, if your perspective is simplistic, so be it. But I just, I don't think that that gives credit to the fact that men are just as complicated mm-hmm. and non-linear as women are mm-hmm. if, if my question makes sense I hope. for the men in the room oh yeah. i'm complex <laughs> ain't nothing linear simplistic over here i'll say that much yeah i feel like for me like i feel like i, I need to feel trusted like if somebody actually i feel like they trust me i trust them that's what really i feel like makes me feel like you know open to Wanting to really, you know, have the cookie and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, because like, if I don't feel trusted, like, you know, I've had it, I've had it happen before where I was in a relationship where there was no good, true trust, if I had to be honest. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of times where, like, you know, I had to do, like, you know, climax because of just not feeling <laughs> safe or comfortable really with that partner. And it was like a lot of times we had sex that just didn't feel like I was really into it the way that. I would have actually felt like, you know, 
couple or like that I can trust them or vice versa. So mm. yeah. So because of that partner's lack of trust for you or lack of trust for the relationship, you didn't like reach your sexual peak in that very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Because yeah. it's like I, I feel like for somebody really like either it's like one of two ways. Either like you're super shy where, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's because you know, you just you like you really check chairs the person. It's like, you know, nobody wants to, you know, this is gonna sound vulgar, like, you know, put the bricks on like, you know, a beauty doll. Um, you, you know, some people like that, this is that, but initially that's not where you really think. But you know, once you learn that some what they like, what they're into, and things like that, I feel like that's what really kind of like helps with making sure that the longevity of it actually happens. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I could well, I can speak for everybody because everybody's different. But for me, it's like like doing new things or being ambitious in the bedroom, like finding like if I could take something new away from this experience that we had, and then just take something new. Like it doesn't even have to be every time, but every so often, like oh, like you know, like I feel comfortable enough to try something new in the bedroom. Oh. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of my mindset where it's like, if we are in a place of like, you know, trust and feeling comfortable with each other, I want to figure out everything that I don't like. So I'm very adventurous because it's like, for me, I already know what I like, but I don't know if I like this or mm -hmm. if I don't like that. But yeah. 10 times okay. out of nine, I'm probably not going to like it, but let's try it anyway. Like that, that's just like where I am. So, but I can't be in that space without not even trust in the bedroom like in my everyday life like if something happens and it's like you moved in a way where I, now I can't trust you on this it's going to translate in mm. every aspect mm -hmm. of our relationship mm -hmm. yep. so it's like being like the little things like if you make me mad about something or if I feel like you did something wrong don't expect to touch me for the next two weeks because I'm not over it I hold a grudge and like that's just me as a person so it's like working through that. And if we are able to work through that, then it's like, okay, then I probably was just tripping. And then we can like get back to where we were, if not further down the line. Mm -hmm. So okay. can I ask a follow-up question? Mm -hmm. How does everybody feel about feedback after sex? Oh. Whether you ask in the person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so feedback is like one of those things where it's like, I don't like to hear it because it makes me feel good that I didn't do something right, but it's also good to know so that I can air quote perform better the next time. Because mm -hmm. it's like I could have been in there thinking I was putting it down, doing, right. doing, <laughs> but doing all the things, and they're just like, ah, right, C plus. And I'm like, yeah. This is what I like more mm -hmm. so than this is something that I don't ever want to do again. Yeah, right? right. Like, though I do think that there's probably a lot of like, th there's some need to be really clear about things that you don't want to do. But I think that you can like more highlighting things that went really well, more so than just saying, like, you know, when you thought you was doing great, you were. Yeah, and instead being like this thing, a plus, a plus, a plus, mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. more of that, 
But I also yeah. think it's good to do that in the process. Because it's like in the giving me feed, okay. giving me feedback after. I was like, well, why didn't you speak out 30 minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Like back when we could save so much time. Mm-hmm. And so like if you don't want your leg to go that way, tell me you don't want your leg to go that way. Put mm-hmm. it this way or do this or do that in the moment. And I feel like that's kind of like a better route for mm-hmm. providing yeah. that feedback. I think about like maybe where you know what is in the moment. Like certain positions, certain things, cool. That's good to know. Like at least to make sure that it feels comfortable for everybody. But I feel like, like in terms of overall, like I would not want to talk about it right afterwards. I'll be honest with you. Like maybe like you know later in the day or night or next day or so, kind of like so you get a full synopsis of it all. Because mm-hmm. you know what's your what are you gonna have sex again? Like you know afterwards, and it's you know different or so. Yeah. So you know I I don't want to think about it right afterwards because then. Then the last thing on my mind after you know having sex would yeah. <laughs> would be like, yeah, so uh, you got to work on this. I'm like, don't get off. I don't want to cuddle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I want to. It is some. It's sensitive. Sometimes it can be sensitive. Mm-hmm. But like, I, yeah, I feel like you know, like the comfort you have to be comfortable with the person. Mm-hmm. So you know, how I, do you all feel about having the conversation mm-hmm. before you even get there? Because I think a part of it is that. Sometimes people just go into things, but you all have never discussed. <laughs> like, and if you can't talk about it, then sh- like, I don't know. I'm kind of on team. Like, if we can't talk about it, we shouldn't be doing it. Right. Like, if we're like too shy to have the conversation mm-hmm. about the the things, then the things should not be happening quite yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And so having the conversations on the front end, do you all feel like that then makes it where you don't have to give feedback because you're like, oh, so just so you know, I'm really not comfortable with this, this, and this. So then it doesn't even come up. And then if that person is like, but I really like that. So would you be willing to try it? And then you can have the conversation on the front end of like, if we try it and I still don't like it with you, then no, I'm going to let you know. And then I want you to like respect that that's the end of I try, but it ain't happening, you know? I think that's a good, because I'm very upfront and open with the things that I'm into. And I said, I'm not into this, this, this. It's a hard no. Mm -hmm. So don't even ask. And it's like, if you choose to move forward, like, yes. Because it would be worse to even not have the conversation be in the moment and just be like hey i want to and i'm like you want to what <laughs> <laughs> not with me <laughs> <laughs> and then you ruin the entire moment that. yeah so and then the, the whole moment's gone yeah and so it's like you don't even want to think because now i'm turned off because you you brought up something that mm-hmm. i'm not into or something happens that you weren't comfortable with right or that you didn't know it was going to go there and now all of a sudden it's there mm-hmm. now we're here yeah yeah so, um, yeah, I definitely agree that conversations beforehand, throughout and after, maybe not immediately after, because I did read something that like feedback immediately after can be um, like, like it can kill this person's spirit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so like waiting a little bit after, but I do think that conversations throughout the whole cycle should happen for sure. Um and I, th- I I think that like so many people don't engage in those like pre conversations like we just expect it to happen like how you said the song just say yes and I'll do the rest like that's you know how we get into sex but it's like and then this person like performs in quotes badly 
but you didn't tell them what you like. You didn't tell them, you know, what was good to you, what, my you know, leg don't go that way. Yeah. <laughs> my, my leg don't go that way. Like, I'm not into this or that. And then it's like, now you're ready to write this person off or they're bad in bed. They're not good. They don't got good dick. They don't got, you know, but it's like, you didn't do any work in <laughs> teaching them what you like. Because how would they know? I know. The cookie don't crumble the way it should. <laughs> What is the technical name for performing oral sex on a person with a vagina? Well, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me know if you need a life monitor. <laughs> I'm going to take that life monitor. <laughs> right. Cunnilingus. Cunnilingus. Yes, I knew that. Two extra points if you could spell it. C U N N. No. It's my two. I think it might be two N's. Is it two N's? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, let, let, let me try. Let me, let me put the. Yes, yeah, go ahead. C U N N I L I N G U S. Can't spell when I've been drinking. Penalingus is an oral sex act performed by a person on the vulva or vagina of another person. AKA the box. Or the box. The cookie. The cookie. The lady garden. Ah, I love this question. Name three qualities that your dream day would have. Mm. Dream day. So think about this often. Okay. <laughs> um, one, you they would have to be um not educated as far as like being in school, but like just like life experience, like trying different things, like just kind of like more worldly. Street mm -hmm. sports. Not a box of rocks. Not a box of rocks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one. Um, and I think the second would be um wanting to build community. Okay. Like having like um not necessarily like having to be like close with your family, but like having like a strong network of friends and things like that, just wanting to like cultivate community. Uh, and I think the third one uh, would be funny. I like the laugh. Yeah. And if he's rich, then that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> no, that's no, right. A lot more funny when it's a lot more <laughs> Okay. What are your favorite forms of non-sexual intimacy? I love the whispers, but I don't know what it is. What favorite form? I would say hmm. cuddling. Okay. Like, like, I'll share this one. Yeah, is, I feel like that's a really, you know, it's intimate because, you know, how comfortable you are as a person, I feel like kind of details or plays out in how you are in terms of cuddling. In my personal. So, 
you know, it's something that you don't have to do, but I feel like it's also intimate too, where it's like, you know, if you ever want to try to you know, take it to the next level too, you know, I feel cuddling was low key kind of the first step into it too. Like, you can't go to sleep without a pillow. You can't really start like bed sex without cuddling in a sense, you know? Unless you just, like, that's weird. Unless you just jump right in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to think. And there's another another example like too with it because I don't know like you know everybody wants to feel comfortable. And I feel like you don't cuddle with anybody you don't feel comfortable with in the first place. So you know, I cuddle with my friends. Me too. And like in a not like in a non of course in a non sexual way, but mm-hmm. like there have been like friends where I'm just like we're on the couch and next you know we just mm-hmm. post it up and cuddle together mm-hmm. just because it's like. Mm-hmm comfortable and whatnot but, but how was the cover was it like you know like, i mean there have been times like some of my teammates back in college like we would share the same bed and i would wake up as the big spoon and she's like i couldn't breathe because like you had such a death grip on me and i was like i'm sorry like i'm a very intense cuddler your arm was around my neck your leg was through my like, I'm so and i was like I was trying to escape. I'm so sorry, but like, you know. Yeah, like when my mom was a single mom, I used to cuddle up with her all the time. And I don't know, it's just something that makes me feel safe about locking legs. And so Mm -hmm. even in college, when um, me and my best friend or me and my roommate, we would just watch movies and stuff sometimes I can just fall asleep she'd be like Amber you literally cuffed my leg the whole night and I could not move and I'm just like I don't know I don't know it's just something about that that it makes me feel safe I don't like waking up the next day and seeing somebody gone mm-hmm. like if you leaving in the middle of the night that that bothers me mm-hmm. so I don't I don't you're not going nowhere <laughs> I know that's right <laughs> and I'm emotional um, one thing I used to like with uh, my ex is like he would just put his hand in the middle of my back mm-hmm. as we were like fall asleep because we were both like sweat mm-hmm. hot so that was nice but like also if just like during the day like just just like a touch like yeah. walking by and you just touch shoulder or something like that like just random touch like that's why I like I like that too because okay. that cuddling only lasts like five minutes mm-hmm. before I'm like in a whole yeah, body sweat <laughs> hours and hours song when she goes I can sit and talk to you for hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. tell you jokes for hours mm-hmm. like that whole little breakdown that she does like that's non-sexual intimacy to me yeah. I agree with that it's mm-hmm. like somebody who listens to you mm-hmm. and who's like listening to like understand and not just to be like okay mm-hmm. I, I want to respond now mm-hmm. and like somebody who's not just trying to like solve all of your problems but like cares about like the whole you mm-hmm. know like the good the bad the just regular everyday things like that's the best yeah. because you just feel seen and like when I feel seen I feel like oh like that made me happy because mm-hmm. I feel like somebody like gets me mm-hmm. you know so the listening thing a plus yeah. and somebody who can ask questions like I'm immediately know if like I start to feel like I'm interrogating you because you don't know how a conversation works right mm-hmm. it's only yeah. one side yeah yes. all right next question
Oh, look, we already answered we already answered this one. What does intimacy mean to you? Um, but it's as to me, it's establishing. It's like a safe space mm -hmm. where you can be vulnerable. It's like where you can be the most authentic version of yourself without fear of repercussions or being teased or disrespected or taken advantage of. You could just, in this space, you are the most you mm -hmm. that you can be outside of when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Anybody else, Sona? No, I think that's okay. on brand because I'm yeah. thinking about like, friendships that I have mm -hmm. where it's like I know my I have friends where it's like yeah I can't say this stuff because y'all look at me crazy but like mm -hmm. I have friendships where it's just like completely unfiltered 100% authentic and those are the friendships that I cherish the most mm -hmm. and I love that you brought up friendship because a lot of times when we think about and talk about intimacy we only think about like romantic mm -hmm. partnerships but you can be intimate with other people yeah. in your life so, and I think that's that. one thing that we need that often needs to be like expanded on it but I think that can only happen through personal experience that intimacy looks different mm -hmm. within our like there are within all of our relationships there's a level of intimacy that we yeah, have for sure whether yeah. it's like professional friendship or anything like that like there is a degree of intimacy because even with some of my co-workers at work like I guess I'm that co-worker that people love to share and like overshare with mm -hmm. Cause it's like one, I have one coworker. She's like telling me stuff, and I'm like, "Why are you telling me this? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know." But she just feels comfortable because we've established that rapport. She trusts me and all that stuff. And then there's another coworker who we we just recently got to know each other, but she's like actually like a, I could I would consider her like a friend because mm -hmm. she you know is very authentic and transparent and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, look at that! Would never expect that here. But it's like it, it's just that understanding that intimacy looks different mm -hmm. in different relationships. I like that. I think something that is really cool though is that like personally, I would say like my ideal relationship intimacy would look like a best friend, you know? Because I think sometimes there's just such a like mask or a facade with like relationship type of things as to like how to put your best foot forward and how not to like overshare or expose certain things. Mm -hmm. But with friends, you know, still sometimes you're like, okay, there are certain things you can share and you don't want to share like super early on. But I think with friendship, there's a, there's a little less risk there sometimes. And so you're more open sooner. And I think like in an ideal relationship, like that intimacy would feel like friendship because like my best friends are like, like one of my best friends, I literally call them my soulmate, right? Mm -hmm. Same. Like literally. My best friend is my soulmate. And, and, you know, she just entered into a long-term relationship and literally told her partner, like, so I'm looking for a life partner, but I already found my soulmate, you know, like, yeah. so you are like you're going to be something additional because I already know that I have had my soulmate in my life for years now because that has been what we've been to each other you know and it was like I knew this person for like two months and it felt like I knew them for two years Absolutely. you know and in an ideal world that would be what a good romantic partner would feel like too is that like 
we've been together for a short time, but you feel like a best friend. Mm -hmm. And then all of the extra stuff is just like icing on Mm -hmm. the cake that you don't get with platonic friends, you know? So yeah, because I just think that like friendship is like, because friendship lasts even after all the other stuff. Like you still have to enjoy just spending time with somebody Mm -hmm. because like, sexual intimacy is not your whole relationship like Mm -hmm. grocery shopping road trips watching netflix talking about your day cooking dinner like all Mm -hmm. of those things i anybody that i even think that i might want to be in a relationship with you just know we're going to be grocery shopping on like day four because i need to grocery shop with me it's not going to work no Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. my ex would stress me out every time we went to the grocery store so much so that they'd be like oh like I need to go to Walmart and I'd be like I'll be here when you get back <laughs> like you go right because it was like so stressful yeah. and like our shopping styles were just so different and I was like you know we stick to the list and they'd be like we don't need a list and I'm like oh. you're Satan like you know like <laughs> and, it's so, it's, and it's so funny that you say that because I'm the person where it's like I don't need a list because I go to the grocery store because I know well, it's in my head it's like all right and this is something I that I know what I need mm-hmm. because I'm if I go to the store and I say I need this 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 and this I go home the next day it's like okay what do I have in the fridge what can I make and I just throw something together like I don't shop from a list because that's never has been my experience and I think that's fine if you're not the person who goes in the store and then your eyes get really big and you just start touching and picking up stuff you know what I mean because that's what like I'm like we have a budget for and then that gets into other types of things so (laughs) and and you know the occasional something that's a little different yeah but Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got a coupon for this. Oh, I love mm-hmm. now. You're talking my love languages. Okay. I think what is my favorite F word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what the two of you are speaking to, you know, it it hits home to me because it's just, it's for me, it's that you don't necessarily have to do, you know, we don't necessarily have to have a, a particular style in common so much as. I have respect for your style and you have respect for, for mine. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not criticize my style. Don't criticize. I'm one of those weirdos you you catch in the produce section. Like I'm inspecting, I'm feeling, I'm touching, I'm smelling, I'm doing all that nonsense that you may not like, but you respect that that's how I roll mm-hmm. while you decide to go to, you know, down to the cereal, cereal aisle and do whatever it is you're doing. Like a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. You better feel the melons. Smell them bananas, do do touch touch them all up because that's how you shop. Yep. Yes. 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 Trivia. Trivia. What is the history behind the cereal cornflakes? It sounds racist already. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. Cornflakes are sexual. <laughs> Yeah, don't tell me that. I, I, like mine with I, I have no idea. I mean, I know that, you know, my, my, my family's from the Caribbean and they regard every seal as cornflakes. So if you want cereal, yeah. you have to be very specific because yeah. everything is cornflakes. So like yeah. cornflakes, cornflakes? Cornflakes, the Kellogg cereal, cornflakes. So what else is sugar? Cornflakes. Like the Frosted Flakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna tell you. I'm just making sure, you know. 
The popular cereal was first made back in 1894 by John Kellogg. It was originally created as a healthy food and it was supposed to be healthy and deliberately bland. <clears throat> um, John Kellogg was a Seventh-day Adventist mm -hmm. and he was a strict vegetarian um, and he didn't drink alcohol, um, caffeine, or eat meat. In addition, Kellogg was a fervent believer of abstinence and believed sex and masturbation were unhealthy and abnormal. <clears throat> uh, he saw negative effects in masturbation, which included mood swings, bad posture, acne, baldness, stiff joints, palpitation, taste for spicy food. Um, and the side, one of the side effects being crime. To fight off crime. any potential desire, he worked on ways people could curb sexual impulses, including creating cornflakes. Disgusting cereal without any sugar. <laughs> um, so his original recipe contained no sugar, um, which was less palatable, and he believed that this would make people have uh, less sexual desires because, because of its blandness. People, people were masturbating too much and committing crime. Correct. And that was unholy. So he created a bland ass cereal that people still add sugar. Exactly, and all type of shit too. <laughs> And that's very descriptive of how sex is today. Like, okay, we we gonna spice wow. it up. Oh, so, so yeah. So follow up, my question is, what are some of the sex myths that you've heard? Oh, I love that question up? because it's actually in the teapot. Because mine is, like... was um, too much masturbation would give you hairy palms. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah, blind. Yeah, I've never yeah, heard hair yeah, yeah, okay. you throw hair on your palm. <laughs> your job. <laughs> like that, that was... <laughs> well, I'll say that um my mom was a she was an HIV counselor. Um and so a lot I learned a lot about sex from her. It was not sex positive at all. Um, but I did learn a lot in early like definitely ahead of my peers about sex, condoms, STDs, STIs, all of those things. But I think the craziest thing I ever heard from a friend was that she heard that after sex, if you got up and jumped up and down, it would break the egg before it's fertilized so that you couldn't get pregnant. Not that's probably the craziest thing I ever heard. And I'm like, I didn't know at that time, like how conception worked, but I'm like, that's not right. Like, you, you, like, <laughs> I know for a fact that that is not right. I don't know nothing about nothing, but that is not right. But yeah. 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 It's intense. Intense. What myths did y'all hear? That's not my head. The same with Brian. Just too much masturbation makes you better. As women, what did y'all, like women and girls, or what did y'all, what messages did y'all receive around masturbation? Because I didn't receive any. I didn't yeah, receive I any. Nothing. You know, it was just more so way to have sex. I started masturbating before I knew what it was. Me I too. had no idea what I was Same. doing. I just know it felt good. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember it. Same. Same. I had to experiment and learn what works for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
yep. for years I had no idea what it was my the birds and the bees conversation for me wasn't a conversation it was a book here yeah. that's it well what book was it it was just this it was this book that was divvied up into like blocks of um age groups so oh, yeah, explaining no, I, I could yeah. I don't remember the title of the book but I just remember there was like a version that was appropriate for three to five and then six to eleven and then um you know adolescence and what have you and it didn't it didn't help at all because it, it was just these weird pictures I just saw a picture of a man on top of a woman under blankets Ooh. Uh, but that wasn't that wasn't part of my age block I just remember seeing that part okay but it also didn't help in the fact that you know I went to Catholic school my whole life okay and my mother was super uncomfortable about all things sex um even so much so that you know when I got to college it was just this very awkward conversation of trying to prepare me and I'm looking at her and you know I I didn't want to do that to my mom, but I'm thinking to myself, like, you're late. Like, you're you're telling me this at an inappropriate time mm -hmm. when you know we should have had this full-on conversation that didn't help that you know going to Catholic school. I remember in through between eighth grade, no seventh grade through I want to say 10th grade, on and off, uh, they had us go through this program called My Future First. Mm -hmm. And the program really it was it was intended as a scare tactic because mm -hmm. they're because it, it in a catholic environment abstinence only sex is 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 a sin but the one thing that bothered me so much then and in retrospect is that they never talked about how sex was normal within the context of a, of a marriage mm -hmm. it was all about don't do it don't do it don't do it mm -hmm. and it always just irked me because i said but isn't it supposed to be normal when you're married to somebody yeah i read this book called pure a few years ago and the whole book talks to either ex-religious like followers or folks who are still um like practicing some sort of like religion that talks about abstaining until marriage and what it looked like for them after they essentially got married. Mm -hmm. And so, because they talk a lot about how, you know, in the church, they, they're like, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex until you get married. Then you have married, then you get married, but they have not told you that within the confines of marriage, like it should still be a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. It should be something that's enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It should be something, all these other things, because that's never the message. And so then there are all these folks who got married, waited until they got married, and then they had these really negative sexual relationships yep. Yep. where they couldn't enjoy it. They were trying to like get pregnant, their bodies like were just like absolutely not or they had a lot of shame around what they were doing with their partners because they were just so used to having this message of don't do it don't do it don't do it don't do it mm -hmm. but then you have to recondition yourself yep. to something that the church has never talked about mm -hmm. when you get into this like long-term monogamous relationship yep. with your forever partner mm -hmm. but that was not taught to you so mm -hmm. how do you like make the brain switch and mm -hmm. so um, like essentially a researcher did a whole like study and wrote this book on like how to combat that and how to like not 
kind of push certain narratives on young folks who are going up in the church. And even if you're saying like abstinence is the best way until marriage, how do you not just stop there, but then help make sure that those those people don't still have this negative connotation even after they get married because how like damaging that can be to them. Yeah, I've also yeah, I've read similar things about how um like folks who grew up with like strong Christian values or values around purity mm-hmm. and abstinence have a hard time making mm-hmm. that switch um uh, when they do enter like a monogamous committed relationship. Um and that's like that's why I say this podcast is a little raunchy, but it is definitely for the the Jesus girls too, because like you have to take time to unlearn mm-hmm. so, so much of the negative things, whether you were raised in the church or not. Like mm-hmm. you have to really take conscious effort to unlearn and then like relearn mm-hmm. and continue learning. And that's what first B's and C's is all about. I think a lot of the onus oftentimes I I always felt was just thrust at girls Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. not do anything to disrupt men in such a way that they might want you and Mm -hmm. you're responsible for keeping yourself pure and Mm -hmm. you're responsible for making sure that they don't do anything that is that is you know sinful or horrible and I think also too the one thing that that we don't really talk about publicly as girls is the me- some of the messaging that we get growing up where it's even to the point you know i i i had mentioned before you know just one of one of my particular things about you know a partner is hygiene and i think part of the reason part of that is born out of you know as a girl we are taught mm-hmm. within an inch of our lives mm-hmm. to be clean and to smell good and to and to always be presentable mm-hmm. and you know to walk like like washing is a whole process mm-hmm. for us you know whereas you know i i my sense i i didn't grow up with brothers and i there wasn't really a male in the household but you know men are the men that i was exposed to they weren't bombarded with clean yourself just you know wash your ass Whereas girls were like, well, you don't smell good enough. Go back to the shower. You, your face is not clean enough. Go wash your face some more. Go brush your teeth further or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah. I think that creates this, you know, this space where girls often feel unsafe in sexual spaces. Um, and it's very hard for them to let go of all those hangups. Mm-hmm. Because what if I'm not clean enough? What if I don't smell nice enough? What if I'm not pretty enough? What if my hair doesn't look right? You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of comedians go out there and make fun of, you know, girls, you know, they want, they want the, the silk, the silk uh, pillowcase, or, you know, they worry about their manicure and their pedicure and, you know, how they look in bed. But a lot of that is born out of a lot of the really convoluted, messy messaging that we've got. I feel like I knew before I even was ever introduced to sex, I feel like I knew that, or I had a, a, an understanding that it was my job to like keep a man or like a partner interested. It was my job to make sure that they stayed. Mm -hmm. It was my job. Like if I couldn't keep a man, it was because of how my hair is or how my nails are, what I look like, or, you know, how interested I am or how like, yeah, definitely learned those messages very, very early Mm -hmm. before I even understood what they meant in context. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I don't have no man to keep like, you know why am I worried about that but I was I think there are so many more 
more positive messages now. I think that because there's just so much more information out there and that, you know, Gen Z and even Gen Alpha or whatever that are coming up behind them, they just have like this wealth of knowledge everywhere that like some stuff is not so great. Some stuff is really great Mm -hmm. that they can find different messages as opposed to just what their parents are telling them. Because, you know, like one of the earlier questions was like, what was your earliest like memory of an adult telling you about the birds and the bees? Right. Mm -hmm. And so if it was nothing and you just heard something from your friend who heard something from their cousin who got something from the girl from the back of the bus, like how great is that information, you know, versus (laughs) actually being able to like listen to a podcast or watch something on YouTube or find a TikTok video because there's just so much more information out there. There's a lot of stuff that is more readily available that can be really harmful out there now too. Um, that maybe we weren't exposed to as much of what they might be exposed to now. But I also think that it's kind of a double-edged sword because they they might get more of the bad, but they also might be able to better like weed through some of the incorrect or like mm-hmm. really damning information and find some like real gems even if their parents don't give them like concrete positive information to make good choices for sure for sure all right anybody else want to add anything to the conversation It was a good conversation. It was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I was like, I, it, it's like it just came to me. I was like coming up with the list of who I was going to reach out to for um doing the episodes. And I was like, let me ask my classmates since they're going to be juicy. And y'all was for sure. You know, especially since yeah. you got a couple drinks in me for <laughs> <laughs> Right, she done had a little water on the rocks. Right, <laughs> straight up. Like, her straight up. I yeah, I prefer my water neat. For sure. I love it, Dayla. I love it. Yes. <laughs> well, yes, thank y'all so much for coming on to Birds, Bees, and All right, teasers, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take something with you and continue this conversation in real life. If you're not doing so already, make sure that you subscribe, like, and favorite this podcast, which makes you an official teaser. Also, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Birds, Bees, Tease. If you'd like to donate to the podcast by way of Cash App, our cash tag is dollar sign Birds, Bees, Tease. We're so grateful for your continued support of the podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.